Blog Talk Radio. Huh, that's odd. Um, the <laughs> the intro music apparently isn't playing. Well, we all know that Blog Talk is whimsical. Um, so I guess this is par for the course. Um, Welcome to In the Closet. Oh, you know what? Um, let me see if I've got another clip that will actually... There it is. Awesome. Okay. Let's do the intro. Republic of Minnesota. Welcome to In the Closet Objectivist. I am your host, Corey Baum. Oh, wow, it's um, great to hear that voice again. Um, I am uh, the I am the other half of the In the Closet Objectivist um, podcast. My name is Dr. Megan Ribbons, and um, Today we are going to honor the man behind it all, the, the man who who uh, opened up the closet for us, um, Corey. So um, after the intro, we, we usually do um, a fake news headline. Um, that, that is a headline that we wish was true. So let's let's hear it from Corey. Can you believe that the media is still going on about how Trump was talking about in the closet objectivist podcast for 80 minutes? <laughs> um, so <laughs> he always had the best fake news headlines. They've always made me giggle. Um, we've got um, an ITGO uh, alumna here with us, Pooja. Um, she's been on the show before, and she's a huge supporter. Um, welcome, Pooja. You still hear me okay? I, I do. Um, thank you for having me, Megan. Nice to be yeah, here. Yeah, of course. Of course. You know, I uh, I tried so hard to prepare for this, this episode, but as you can imagine, it was really, really difficult. So I didn't warn you about a fake news headline. Did you want to give it a shot? Me, um, headlines. Let me see. Do you want me to go first? Oh, um, sure. Uh, apparently, uh, winter has been postponed in Minnesota for six months. <laughs> if only. <laughs> Although, what would you do if you had to like shovel your driveway six months from now? Oh. that's what makes life difficult in minnesota the shoveling of snow yep yeah well that's why that's why i was all about the the townhouse no mowing no shoveling just could not Mm -hmm. could not be bothered i mean your home is beautiful and and i can see how it's worth the shoveling but oh that's the worst (laughs) thing when you when you get it you know at 2 a.m. and you know you got to get to work in the morning and you have to start excavate your car out like mm-hmm. <laughs> like Indiana yeah. Jones. <laughs> yeah, attached garages help. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely a plus. Um, so my fake news headline is um. A new treatment allows everyone to be indefinitely youthful um, because <laughs> I just can't go through this anymore. I know we've we've talked about this and um, I've talked to a lot of other people and just said, okay, you're just, you're, you're not allowed to pass away because I can't go through this. So if you do 
pass away, I will I will resurrect you and we are going to have serious <laughs> words. Serious, <laughs> serious words. Um yeah. so um so after we do the fake news headline, we of course have to suck it up and do some housekeeping. Um mm-hmm. and Corey was always so much better about this than me because I have roughly a 30 second attention span for housekeeping. So, so bear with me here. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping. She's come back in an hour. Housekeeping, you want towels? I want towels. Need sleepy. Housekeeping, you want men for pillows? Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God. And that's how I am pretty much every morning. Um, so, <laughs> to be honest, I never wanted to do a memorial episode. I mean, for at least one obvious reason. Um, and, and until a couple of weeks ago, it never occurred to me that um, Corey wouldn't, wouldn't recover. Um, so when, when Poojin and I, when we met, Corey, um, he'd, um, it, it, you know, we, we met him about two and a half years ago. Do you remember? It was at the, um, Como Dioxide, which I guess doesn't exist anymore. Is that right? Right. We used to meet at this cafe place in St. Paul and I think that, uh, cafe closed down. So, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. We would meet I like mean, once a like month. like yesterday, month. right? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's been a while since we met there. I think uh, the last meeting of local objectivists was almost six months ago, or maybe more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was it was about a year that we knew Corey before he he told us um about his um. Wow, it's it's hard even to say um, his his tumor. Um, so he, here he's um, he was he was telling me about this um, March 2017. Uh, back in 2009, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Uh, it's called a it was called a PXA, and that stands for pleomorphic xanthroastrocytoma. Uh, usually those uh, PXAs uh, are developed in young children to early 20s. Uh, it's a very slow-growing uh, tumor, and it's typically benign. Um, because I didn't catch mine until I was 33, what happened was I had, a, I had some issues going on with my, uh, my, my right leg. I was walking funny. And I was trying to figure out what was going on, and I started to see uh, a doctor about it, and a neurologist, when I had actually uh, started to research and uh, was signed up with a neurologist, if you will. I was going to go to one, and I had a seizure. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we we known him for about a year before he ever told us, and and keep in mind, this was. Um, you know, we we met him in 2016, so he'd been in remission for about six years or seven years um, when we met him. And then, you know, after another year, um, the reason he told us about it was because because things had changed. And maybe like a week and a half ago, um, I started having vision problems where I could, it was hard for me to read, uh, in particular, like, like close up at my computer. Um, I was having, it was like I was skipping words and just having some vision difficulty seeing the words and, and interpreting the word in front of me. Um, so I had to really concentrate and I'm like, oh boy. Um, I called my neurologist and cause I, I knew it wasn't, it wasn't anything to do with like going to like an ophthalmologist. I'm like, this is just, this is not normal. I, I went, you know, I, I need to get this checked out. So I left him a message. I called him up and said, Doc, I need to see you, I think. Um, can we schedule an MRI, yada, yada? I had to, you have to go through the channel. So I left him a message. He called me back, or the nurse called me back on Monday and said, yeah, let's get you set up with an MRI. He wants you to get one. 
uh, I can't, I, he goes, she goes, can I, can you get one today? And this is last Monday. And I'm like, sure. I just told my boss, I'm like, I got to go do this. And she's like, yep, go for it. And so, and then he called me back the next day and he says, looks like things have changed. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm sorry. Maybe it's a little weird that I keep pulling up these clips of Corey, just, you know, for, for months now, I've really been missing him. So I keep, I keep listening to old episodes um, and it's hearing nice his voice. Hear his yeah, yeah, it, it it feels like he's here. You know, he's he's right there on the other end of the phone. There's so um, much energy in his voice, and as I'm hearing it, it's like yeah, he, yeah. I remember having so much energy and benevolence, and yeah, it it, it comes across in his voice too. Yeah, yeah, and speaking of benevolence, I mean, he's honestly one of the most gracious people I've ever met. Um, he, like, every episode after that, he he was so conscious about, um, th- I mean, really every episode, just thanking, thanking listeners and thanking, you know, here he is, he's one of the bajillion times that he thanks his doctors, he's, he's probably the best ever with me and and my recent experience with uh, in the medical uh, field where you know I've had to go and and, uh, and see doctors for for some issues I have and I, I when I go, when I went to my doctor's appointment and see the amount of uh, of uh, in, innovation and uh, creativity and just what what they do uh, what doctors do and what my in in particular my doctors do uh, to, to, to take a moment to say thank you for. for yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, he, he's, he's telling us this and he's, he's been in remission for um, about eight years and, and then he went to do um, chemotherapy and the whole time, I mean, like I was just so impressed by how, how positive and upbeat he was. He made it sound like mm-hmm. um, there were very few side effects and he was still working hard and cranking out episodes. It was, it was, yeah, just it was just amazing. Last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, March, March, March 2017. Yeah. He had started a new job and, uh, you know, yeah. 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 And in typical Corey fashion, he was super gracious to everyone. Um, That's why I usually say, you know, I try to say that at the end of every show is, thank the uh, innovators, the producers, the, you know, rational self-interested people, you know, that, that are out there doing it. And, and. Yeah. So, um, so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of building up to, you know, like, you know, he was, yeah, he, he'd been in remission for a long time and then things changed. Um, and then he had chemo, but he was still really, he was still, you know, working really hard and it didn't seem to be inhibiting him at all. And, and he got better. And um, mm-hmm. so when he, so this is, this is March, 2017. And, and so when a few months ago, he said that he noticed some of those similar vision problems um, again, you know, I was, I was concerned of course, but um, I, just assumed that it would be the same sort of thing where he he'd get some chemotherapy and it wouldn't really um, affect him all the, at least the way he made it sound like the, the side effects were really mild um, mm-hmm. and then it would go into remission and and it it would be business as usual in the best possible sense of that um, right and we I mean, would just- um, what were you going to say, Pooja? Yeah, I was just no, going no, to say, you... we all thought, you know, he needs some time, you know, to get through his treatment and regimen and he'll be fine. And then, you know, we'll all get together again or, you know, whatever, right? We didn't expect this at all. No, not not at all. And I'm glad to hear you say that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just my, like, pathological optimism that, like, made me think, you know, the outcome was going to be way different than it was. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's, it's true that I am pathologically optimistic. Um, you know, even after Rachel 
um, Corey's wife, Rachel, posted an update about um, how um, his doctor had stopped chemotherapy and there wasn't an option for surgery and it was kind of, that was it. I mean, I, I know this sounds really trite and cliche, but I, I thought I had more time. I, I had, you know, as soon as I, I got that message, I, I messaged um, Rachel and was trying to arrange a, a trip to, to come out and, and visit him. Um, and by the time, you know, of course, I can't even imagine just how, how overwhelmed and, and overworked she was by the time we, we really connected in real time. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't travel um, for a couple of weeks. So I, I had made a flight for, I mean, you know, this Pooja, um, cause Pooja, you know, generously offered to, you know, <laughs> hang out with me. Um, um, so I was going to go out in a couple of weeks and, and I was kind of asking Rachel, you know, like how long should I stay and what should I say? And should I bring anything? And she's like, well, it's kind of, check back with me when it's closer to the day. I don't, you know, but it, she really, you know, it sounded like, you know, we'd have at least a couple of weeks to, you know, have some one-on-one time. And then the very next morning she texted me and said that, um, Corey had passed away, um, overnight. And, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think I was the only one who was really blindsided. I mean, he he was a really strong guy and a strong willed and, you know, psychologically very strong. And I think uh, mm-hmm. when you are that, you know, you don't, you, you kind of maybe um, don't let, you know, your health problems over, over, overwhelm you. Right. Or, or, and then you're like, okay, I'll get better. You know what I mean? It, or, you know, you don't, um, exaggerate. Well, I shouldn't say exaggerate. I mean, you don't you don't realize how physically weak you are because you have the strong will and strong personality, right? And optimism. So I think maybe that was happening. Like, you know, Corey would, you know, he, he uh, was was it uh, his right leg or left leg? I can't. Uh, it was his right I think leg, was, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, I mean, he would drag along his his leg that wouldn't work, right? But I mean, you could never tell that by talking to him or you know, um, even being in his presence. But he, he yeah. did all the active stuff that he he that was possible. Yeah, I mean, that's a really. I guess I I really hadn't thought about it that way, Pooja. But you're you're right that, um, you know, it's it's. It's one thing to say that that Corey um, was had a lot of positive energy and was very optimistic, but let's concretize that. He he became an objectivist and then and then created a podcast to 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 really um, promote you know positive values in the cult. I mean, like. To say that being an objectivist puts you very much in the minority is a colossal understatement, right? It takes someone of incredible strong will and optimism and positive energy to even take on a very, for the most part, anti-objectivist culture and try to change Mm -hmm. it for the good. And that's exactly the kind of person, I mean, that's Corey. Um, Mm -hmm. So given that, and, and that's really one of his strengths. And and given that, um, it's probably not a surprise that you know none of us really thought of his his illness as metaphysically real. You know, it just any more than we you know we're up against like the vast majority of the culture is 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 kind of opposed to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't regard that as metaphysically real, and we keep doing the, you know, the best that we can to make headway. And and so, yeah, something is yeah, and he was as, very as like a about- physical ailment. It just doesn't seem real. Mhm. 
he was very passionate about ideas and uh, he didn't keep quiet about them and uh, he discussed it with his uh, and not just in you know broad culture you know i mean this is you know with his family with his close family with his extended family with his friends you know mm-hmm. from high school i mean he he talked ideas <laughs> with them yeah. and he debated and he made his opinions clear you know whether they agreed with him or not and whether he faced opposition or not um and, and everybody like yesterday you know i i attended his funeral service and there were all his family there you know and they were you know you could you could tell how much they loved him and at the same time realized like how outspoken he was and how passionate about ideas he was and how he stood his ground and you know he he would share his opinions and and they said that in the funeral service <laughs> yeah so, yes and but like i i you know <laughs> i i wish i could have been a fly on the wall when he was um discussing ideas with his neighbors and his and his extended family because in my mind Corey is like the perfect example of a midwesterner even when he's irascible it's kind of adorable. You know what I mean? I just can't ever imagine anyone being genuinely mad at Corey. You know, I mean, and I mean, why would you be right? I mean, he's not, when he's defending his ideas, he's not, you know, doing it to upset anyone. He's doing it because he's really Mm -hmm. passionate about it. I mean, really, he's earnest in, in believing that, you know, like he, he cares about ideas and he cares about his people and he, you know, so he's trying to get those two things to come together. And I think mm-hmm. even, even those who, who disagree with the ideas recognize that he, he has just this amazing way of, you know, mm-hmm. m- making that such like the obvious subtext of everything he says is that he, he's, you know, he, if he's bothering to, to convince you of something, it's because he he cares about the ideas and he cares about the person he's trying to convince. And mm-hmm. yeah, I've never met anyone who was where that was just so clear and mm-hmm. and obvious, you know. Um, yeah, it was very fun-loving, very pleasant, you know, uh, personality. Um, yeah. And I kind of loved it when he'd get riled up. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> probably kick my butt if I said that to him. <laughs> like, you know, because I just, you know, like most most people, they get riled up and it's like, oh, I just want, I want to be anywhere else right now. Um, but he, you know, he he took it so well and it was just so, it was just kind of adorable. <laughs> I and I I know that just comes off as like such an asshole thing to say. I don't mean it that way. I just you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> even mm-hmm. even when he was mad, he was fun to be around. That's just not mm-hmm. true of very many people. Um, mm-hmm. so there, yeah. So like, there there are a couple of reasons why I just never wanted to do a moral episode. One was that I was expecting him to live forever. Um, cause that mm-hmm. was kind of the, the pact that we had going. And then two, mm-hmm. by the way, you're in that pact too, Pooja. I know we've talked about this before, but just to be clear, you can never die. Um, <laughs> so just, just mark that on your calendar. Never. <laughs> um, and then, um, you know, the other reason I never wanted to do a memorial episode is because, like, you know, I wasn't, I know I've, like, said nice things to Corey, but I I plan to say this to his face, right? And I, mm-hmm. you know, like, in fact, I, you know, I, I was going to fly out to, to, to tell him, you know what I mean? Just make sure that I hadn't left anything out. Um, I'm not very subtle, but, you know, just, just to make sure and you know I I wanted I'd planned to do an episode like like a we love Corey episode um like this um mm-hmm. when he could hear it so um but you know I 
and and he totally deserved it because uh, he himself yeah. you know was so encouraging you know and uh, um you know very supportive and um i mean and and he he was very um open with his praises you know for people like uh, the the first time that i actually met him online it was on the uron brook show right and uh, you know he was uh, on blog talk radio and he was chatting and you know um um making comments and within that uh, and i was reading his comments and i'm like oh this guy seems really interested in what uron is saying and mm-hmm. uh, i had and then it turned out he mentioned something and he said minnesota I, like he i think he asked yuran okay when are you coming to minnesota and i'm like oh seems like pori is from minnesota so then i pinged him and then he replied back uh, and uh, and then i realized oh, that I he was new to yeah yeah and then uh, we got in touch and then you know on facebook we uh, pm'd each other and then uh, that's how i met him yeah <laughs> ยาวว้าวที่ทําไว้ได้ที่ทําไว้ได้ที่ทําไว้ได้ที่ทําไว้ได้ที่ทําไว้ได้ที่ทําไว้ได้ที่ทําไว้ได้ที่ทําไว้
that'll probably be one of my greatest regrets is that I never convinced Corey to karaoke for me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Tree was awesome mm-hmm. at it. Yeah, he had a great voice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, there, it's kind of I, sad I, to say I, that uh, he couldn't talk in the last couple of months. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. And I was that, like, oh, I, God, he has to say, and he's so passionate about talking mm-hmm. and singing and okay and whatever, and he just couldn't talk in the last couple of months of his life. It's just heartbreaking to to realize that. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It was really, really hard. Um. But yeah, I guess he he's heard at least a couple of the episodes, you know, and I hope it's <laughs> I'm sure he recognized it for the amateur effort that it was, but I hope it made him smile. So I, I wrote a list of um things I I love about Corey. Um so I'll just um kind of go through the list. The first is that he was such a great example of what it is to be a good spouse. Um, I like Rachel and, and you know, in general, I always admire any couple who can make it for the long haul. It's it's such a positive example of what love can be. And in case, (laughs) in case our long-term listeners have had any doubts um, so far, that Mm -hmm. has been beyond my capacity, romantic genius. I am not. Um, so I, I just, mm-hmm. it's one of the many things about Corey and Rachel that I just really admire. And I actually kind of like the fact that Corey was so passionate about objectivism and it just wasn't really, you know what I mean? I mm-hmm. like the fact that, you know, they can have these things that they're super passionate about, even though mm-hmm. there's, you know, some of them are different. There's not like a hundred percent overlap there and they still, mm-hmm. you know, they made it work and they were clearly in love with each other. And, um, yep. Pooja, you'll like this. I actually, it reminded me of something from Atlas Shrugged. Um, it, there's this scene where, where Dagny is trying to find, well, there's a series of scenes where Dagny is trying to find the inventor of the motor, and she she meets the wife of, of an engineer from the 20th century motor company. This is not at all plus spoiling, if anyone's wondering. Mm-hmm. And so Dagny says, says to her, did you know any of his professional friends or coworkers who might have been acquainted with his research? And then Mrs. William Hastings says, no. When he was at the 20th Century Motors, he worked such long hours that we had very little time for ourselves. And we spent it together. So it, it just, it's, it sort of reminds me of, of Corey and Rachel in that, you know, clearly William Hastings is passionate about his work and he spent a lot of time at it. Um, mm-hmm. But it was okay that he could kind of compartmentalize and when he was home, he was home and very present. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I think that I, I got the sense that that was how it was for Corey and Rachel. And I really, I really dug that. Um, yeah, that is very admirable, you know, and, and it goes mm-hmm. to both Corey and Rachel to have such a good relationship. I mean, Rachel was, I, I believe, wife for 12 years. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yes, they do. And we're going to, believe me, we are going to get to that. Um, mm-hmm. So um, the another thing I I really cherish about Corey is he's such a good friend and such a good example of, of um, how, to, how to be a good friend. And, and um, so I, I asked, um, people if they if they wanted to chime in and um kind of talk about what a good friend he was and and so for example listener robert said um while i only knew corey from the podcast his intelligence values humor and goodwill shone through as does your respect and affection for my he's talking about me which is really sweet um it's of some comfort to reflect that Corey had both the love and support of family and good friends. And that was absolutely true. So thank you, Robert. That was, that was so kind of you. Um, and then one of our co-hosts who was actually the sort of the, the genesis of the name of the podcast. Yeah. And the founder, um, Mike said, 
Um, rest in peace, Corey, my friend. You will be missed. Brain cancer, you suck, which is so so typically my. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was really nice. Um, and Pooja, I've got I've got your remarks here. I mean, I'm happy to read them. Although, if you, at the risk of putting you on the spot, um, you know. No, go ahead, read it. Okay. Well, you're such a you're such a lovely writer. I mean, it's fun to read your writing. Um, so, um, you said Corey passed away last night, and the world lost a benevolent, optimistic objectivist. The world seems to have less energy today, and will for some time for us, his friends. Thinking of his close and extended family, who and those who provided support to him during his lifetime and his illness and recent past is so sweet. So yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Pooja. Yeah, the it's it, it I, I don't know quite how to say this, but like the world seems to be wobbling on its axis, right? Like mm-hmm. like there's this person that kind of made the world what it should be or at least brought it a little closer to what it should be and mm-hmm. everything's kind right. of it's not being right for a week you know yeah and I don't know how the weather is in Wooster but in Minnesota it's been really dreary and rainy and gloomy you know for the mm-hmm. whole past week it's mm-hmm. corresponded with you know annoying uh, you know of uh, Corey's passing so it's yeah, it's been hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really has. Um, and it's, I have another I mean, comment here. Uh, so I, I just wanted to read one more comment from Mike. I think this was on a picture you put up sure. on your uh, post. And he's saying, uh, Corey's excitement for philosophy and wanting to do this podcast always made me smile. That's Mike, yeah. the founder. Yeah, yeah and yeah, and I, I think... I think he speaks for all of us. That's yeah. He he really nailed it there. Um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because over the last week, I've heard so many people who knew through the podcast and Facebook and Twitter, and it's you know just like how you met him. Um, his comments and questions on Jerome Brook and Amy Peacock's podcast and um. It's amazing how many people said, wait, what? I was going to meet him one day, you know? He was going to come to Ocon mm-hmm. one of these days and do a live show. And, um, yeah, he he touched so many people in such a positive way. And, um, and you know, because Corey has always been so gracious. He'd kick my butt if I didn't pause here to thank all of our listeners and all the people who support us. So, Thank you for me, but way more importantly, thank you from the man himself. Thank you again to the people that do listen to us. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, you know, we were talking about um, Corey's daughters, Sophia and, and Ava, um, beautiful, uh, sorry, talented uh, young women. Yeah. I had one more, com- one or two more comments I needed to read. Oh yes, please, absolutely do. Yes, absolutely. Uh, this is you know local objectivists when they heard about him uh, passing away. Um, so Lori said, "Oh, he was such a likable guy." Um, Leonard said, "He was such an example for all of us in the way he handled his illness. So very impressive. What a great sense of life." Um, yeah. Oh, Laura had a good comment too, uh, and that was on Rachel's page, uh, where she said, um, "I was really impressed by uh, his passion for ideas." So, yeah. yeah. That's all I have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I met. Um, Corey's daughters a few times and they're really lovely young women and um, to be honest I, I think probably my, my favorite um, 
part, like I said, the, my favorite part about Ico was, was the part that no one ever, no one else is ever going to hear, unfortunately. And that was when we talked for the first 15 minutes before the show. And, and we would, you know, mostly we would talk about the ladies in our lives, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And um, for me, obviously, it was, it was Pooja and Gracie. And for him, it was. It was Rachel and Sophia and, and Ava. And it what was really struck me, of course, was like even when he wasn't talking about them directly, it was clearly the subtext of everything he said. I mean, every every remark he made, you knew the subtext was, I love my wife and my daughters. You know, and mm-hmm. and so for example, you know what I mean? Like so here's an example. Um, is it, yeah, is it, you know, am I lying to, am I, uh, from, by, by telling my kids there's a Santa Claus, am I being some sort of a, you know, hypocrite or am I, you know, is this a bad thing that I'm doing by letting my kids believe, I should say that, well, whatever, believe in Santa or in the Easter Bunny and whatever. So, I mean, here he's talking about how he, he was scouring the entire Leonard Peikoff podcast website, and it's, it, you know, for anyone who hasn't yet, you know, checked it out, please do. I know Corey would love it. Um, it's massive. There's so I I have no idea how many questions he answered about philosophy and life and um, himself. Um, and and so Corey's scouring the entire site and, and actually pinging LP himself to ask, you know, did he, did he do wrong by his daughters by giving them gifts from Santa? I mean, that is a man who loves his family. And it was always, mm-hmm. he, like, you could tell every single question he had, he was thinking about them. Because they were mm-hmm. that integral to him, his, you know his his high. I mean, they were his highest value, and and he mm-hmm. was he was he's always thinking about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I I cherish what a good spouse and and what a great example of a of a spouse is, and what a good friend and. You know, I mean, I, I would ask him for parenting advice because he's like, you know, blackout level parents, you know, Gracie's too, right? I'm, I'm like such noobs off parents wise, you know? Right. Um, what were you going to say? And I remember, uh, um, Megan, I remember, uh, I think one or two occasions, you know, when we used to meet on Sundays, uh, local objectivists and one day he was really riled up when I entered, and, and obviously the discussion was about his kids and what they were being taught at school, you know, which is kind of mm-hmm. you know, in opposition to what we hold dear and, you know, our beliefs. And he was really riled up about that, and, and the whole discussion was about, you know, um, how do I address this? You know, how do I uh, train my girls to be independent and make their own decisions and use their own mind as against what the school is trying to tell them. And mm-hmm. Yep. So you're yeah. absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he he would fight for them, you know what I mean? I, I mean, even now, the schools, Gracie's Grace been to two different schools since we moved, um, and um, both of them have, have said stuff that you know, hierarchically, no toddler should be a taught to share because they don't. They toddlers don't even. They're not even at the developmental stage where they play with children. They will observe other children playing. They may play alongside other children. They don't play with them yet. So the concept of sharing is like way too advanced for them. It's like trying to teach them calculus. They're just not. They're not ready yet. You know. Um, and yet, mm-hmm. you know, few, if any, schools on the planet respect the hierarchy of of a childhood's development and and knowledge. Um, so 
But, you know, like, Corey would take that and he would come back to the school and say, "Uh uh-uh, no. Um, Which is so impressive to me. I mean, I would just kind of, like, you know, just try to kind of at home with Grace to be like, okay, these are your toys and mommy can't can't ever take them away from you. But this is, you know, like, my flat iron is mommy's. And that, you know, Gracie can't have that. You know what I mean? Like, this is mine. This is yours. It's not about sharing. It's about, you know what I mean? Like, I'm happy to show you this thing, but it's mm-hmm. mine. And right. you can show me this thing if you want to, but you never mm-hmm. have to. You know what I mean? But, like, Corey right. would go out there and mm-hmm. and make himself heard. And, and that's so courageous. And, and I just... Mm-hmm. It's another great example that he set. Um, I'm really, mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the last, you know, big umbrella thing um, that I love about Corey is he's a he's a good person. You know, he's a, he's a good spouse and a good friend and a good parent and he's a good person. So listener um, or guest host Garrett um, uh, had this to say, though I never met Corey in person, I felt like I knew him after calling into the show several times. What struck me about Corey was his enthusiasm for ideas. Most people have their worldview set in stone before they're 30, but not Corey. He was still curious still changing his mind, even as his condition worsens. That is very mm-hmm. rare, difficult, and an admirable trait. It is what mm-hmm. I think of when I think of Corey. My deepest condolences to his family and friends, and I could not agree more. Um, mm-hmm. As I said, um, we, we met Corey in 2016, so he would have been 40. And that's you know what I mean? I, I don't. Pooja, you'll have to chime in about this. Most people I've ever observed, a don't take ideas all that seriously. They they don't care all that much. Um, and and never really grow. I mean, I've known people from high school, and and they're they're perfectly lovely people. Um, but but don't they've they've never really grown in the time that I've known them of those who have grown by you know like mid-30s which is a little scary when I think about it um their core beliefs don't change all that much so the fact that Corey A took ideas seriously so seriously he was willing to explore this radical philosophy and B that mm-hmm. he he was changing and growing at age 40 I mean makes him you know, like extraordinary squared, you know, or yep. exponentially right. extraordinary. You know, I, mm-hmm. um, so here's, here's, I just want to illustrate the point. A friend of mine said, a friend of mine on Facebook uh, said, you know, you got to listen to this guy, you're on Brooke. And I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. You know, I, uh, you know, when people put like lectures up on your page, and you're like, I'll, I'll get to it, maybe, you know, listen to it. And uh, look, at the, look at the time first, the time stamp. Yeah. Right, it's, it's it 20 is. minutes long, and you're like, oh man. But he he said, he put up a video, he goes, you know, check this video out. Uh, you're on Brooks, The Morality of Capitalism. That was the first introduction at all to anything objectivist for me. And so. Within you know just a couple of minutes of him uh, in that in that uh, lecture, I was hooked. Uh, it was all he tied you know capitalism in and in, in, in how it's uh, I should say like how Bill Gates the Bill Gates Mother Teresa thing was a great link for me. That kind of helped me out a lot because yeah. he says why isn't Bill Gates on the level of Mother Teresa as far as you know, a world uh, respect or, you know, admiration, right? And mm-hmm. he said, well, you know, he's Cause he created because he made money. And that, that to me was like, okay, well, yeah, that's, he's touched more people's lives. He's improved more people's lives and a billion fold over Mother Teresa. And it was like, yeah, 
you know, once you think about it, I was willing to think about it. And I think part of it, too, is you have to be willing to be open to to, change, to saying, hey, maybe I'm wrong about some stuff. And I find that a lot of people just, they don't want to be wrong, and they just don't want to, you know. And I, I thought, well, you know, what if I'm wrong about my certain things? Yeah, I mean, there he is. He's saying, what if I'm wrong? I mean, just, mm-hmm. and to really put this in context, I find myself making some mistakes over and over again. And for whatever it's worth, I'm really trying. I'm really, mm-hmm. I, I read so much and I, I think so much. And even then, I, it's an uphill battle, to say the least. Mm-hmm. So in awe of Corey for having the courage and the wherewithal to grow. But more than that, he he did it so gracefully and so cheerfully. I mean, he, he really did. He has this, this growth mindset and, and the idea that... Um, yep, an, an active mind. Growth and change are, are positive values and, and things to reach for. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say it was exceptional and very inspirational, you know. Mm-hmm. Always learning, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, he, so he sort of mentioned that, um, you know, the first episode I asked him what his, his objectivist superhero origin story was and interestingly enough it, it didn't start with um Ayn Rand uh, actually it wasn't Ayn Rand so that that got me into Ayn Rand <laughs> it was Yaron Brook yeah so yeah like you said you, you know you, you found him having these great comments and questions and Yaron Brook's podcast and um it's 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 one of the many benefits of Yaron's podcast that you know that that probably doesn't get captured is how it really brings people who are interested in ideas together and and germinates into these these friendships um so thank you Yaron for that and of course thank you Pooja because yeah you were you were essential to this um there would have been no closet (laughs) if not for you um, no, so it was all your energy and you know Corey's energy and you know, and I've I've heard uh, Gracie chime in a couple of times. So it's like I, I mean I was just sitting there and admiring both of you. You know you you wanted to do this and you did it in all you know um, with all kind of obstacles. You know with the timelines and mm-hmm. with family commitments. You guys found a way to to do this podcast and actually have a small niche of uh, fans that follow you. That's very impressive to me. So crazy. Yeah, well, I, I mean, we, yeah, well, I mean, we, you know, you, you were one of the guests on the shows. You, you hosted us um, time and again, you know, you were, you've been absolutely crucial and, and, you know, that we are, you know, we're, so lucky to have you and and yeah I mean we it just wouldn't you know not not only you know thank thank Allah for you know for you and and your friendship um but also the the friendships that wouldn't have existed but for you um mm-hmm. for those who've never seen Pooja at Ocon it's magical like she knows everyone <laughs> everyone knows her Everyone loves her. <laughs> and, that's only yeah. because I've been to many. Uh, that's only because I've been to many Ocons. <laughs> I mean, that definitely helps. But I mean, you're not the only one who's been to a lot of Ocons, and you. I honestly, I mean, I don't know anyone as beloved as you are, and you I know, I think that is entirely <laughs> deserved. Having a funny accent helps uh, Megan to stand out. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll keep at it. <laughs> I'll keep trying. <laughs> um, 
Um, so I, given how much Corey admired um, Euron Brooke, um, I I actually um, asked Euron on one of his recent podcasts to to give a shout out, and I actually I think um, he he got to hear this. I, I hope he did. I, I think he. I, I think you would have been tickled, but um, for for anyone who, who hasn't heard it, um, this is just really, really sweet. Hey, Corey. I love Corey. Corey's one of my loyal listeners. He's a great guy. He's made great comments on my various posts on Facebook, been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, you know, Corey so clearly admired Yaron Brook and, and deservedly so and, and that was just really what Yaron said about him I thought was just so so sweet. Um so I had to had to make that the penultimate clip. Um so the He was also the last... he was also a great admirer of uh, Greg Salmieri. Uh, uh he had started uh, you know uh, reading Atlas Shrug with the Atlas Shrug group. You know, we mm-hmm. had the artists and uh, yeah. Um, I was looking for a comment he made about that. He's like, "I'm my mind is just blown every time Greg uh, explains me anything about you know or answers any question." So yeah. Another person really admired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was so fun. This, you know, the for three of us would t- you know because we all followed the Atlas Project. You know, you you and Corey especially were always on top of it, and I always saw your comments, and they were always so insightful we and, and so valuable. And this is so Corey. You know, as soon as the Atlas project ended, he IMs me, hey, how about doing a Fountainhead project? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking at my IM here, and I'm like, you mean read in a group? He said, yes, similar to the Atlas project, yeah. I don't know if it would be as big, but it would be really cool, I think. And as I'm yeah. reading the messages that we exchanged, that was fun. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that is so Corey. Yeah, yeah, it was, and it was just so fun to talk to you guys about it. You know, I, I got is this is my favorite book of all time, and I got it's amazing how much more I got out of what was already my favorite book just by talking to you guys and, and, you know, and you guys brought up questions that would never have even occurred to me, you know, and, and it just added so much depth to it. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys are so amazing. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, know, I know his, um, a chapter in Atlas Shrug that really touched him and uh, he, he had to just IM me and tell me about that was, uh, and I won't, um, I won't give out any spoilers, but it was uh, um, something sad regarding the vet nurse. And that was a chapter which he yes. was like, I don't completely get it, but I can't get through this. This is really hard for me. So uh, just in case, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We don't. We should probably not talk about that. But yes, I mean. That's no, it. no. It's just it's interesting because I know Ankar Gade, who's who's my favorite living philosopher, um, did a couple of different classes on Atlas Shrugged. One was just on John Galt's speech, and um, the other was sort of a chapter by chapter, and he kind of explained what the what the title of each chapter meant and and so he he was reading a passage from the chapter you were just talking about and he was getting choked up as he was mm-hmm. reading it out loud and it's mm-hmm. yeah it's it's fun to I mean yes it was it was such a, a tragic chapter and I know exactly what you mean um mm-hmm. but it's it's interesting to see you know this this friend I've cherished so much and this philosopher I value so much having, you know what I mean? Reacting the exact same way. And um, yeah, that's really, mm-hmm. really sweet and really, 
really um, heartwarming. Um, so I've got I've got just one more. I I love playing these clips with Corey because, like you said, it's like he's there. You know, he's mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I I didn't want to you know and end the episode before I you know if, if there's I I don't want to put you on the spot but if there's anything we've haven't said yet that you that you wanted to put out there I I didn't want to take that away from you is, um, is there anything else you you wanted to add before we close out. No, I mean, I was just impressed yesterday when I attended the funeral service uh, that uh, there were so many people. In fact, uh, uh, there were many, um, like, standing room only when I when I entered. So a lot of mm-hmm. people loved him and were there and um, um, family and friends. And we heard yeah. um, many of his friends and relatives and his stepmom um go up there and, you know, uh, say really nice things about Corey. So that was really nice to hear, you know. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I just, I want to be more like him, you know. I mean, I I get it. I get why he was so beloved by so many people. Um, and it's just, it's just not, it's not fair that, that someone like that, he's so young. He was 42 for crying out loud. That just shouldn't mm-hmm. happen. It just shouldn't happen. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, and not to someone, you know, the world needs people like Corey, you know, mm-hmm. the world needs Corey. And it's just mm-hmm. not, it's just not fair. Mm-hmm. And I, I should really shut up before I really start whining and blathering and <laughs> nobody wants to hear that. So, um, so I'll, I'll just close out with one last clip from Corey. And then I've got some outro music from one of mine and Corey's favorite movies. Um, so yeah, thank you again, Pooja, for, for joining me and, um, Thank you to everyone who who chimed in and um, and you know interacted with Corey and um, and supported us and um, you know thank thank you all so much. Um, it means thank you and goodbye. Yes, yeah, it means so much to me, and I know it meant a lot to him. So um, yeah, he's one one last clip. The aspect that has most helped me is in regards to the valuing the individual over the collective. And when you study this philosophy, objectivism, and read Ayn Rand, you shall soon see, or you should soon see, the value of the individual over the collective. And that aspect was a truly uh, eye-opening experience for me and made me love objectivism and everything that I hear and uh, read on that subject of philosophy. Mm-hmm.